0: Let us pray. Almighty God, you call us to come and follow you that your living word may be in our life and in our hearts and in our minds. Be with us this day. Amen. A man and a wife, both in their 70s, after 55 years of marriage, decided to get a divorce. And so they went to a counselor. And the counselor asked, why do you want to get a divorce? And the wife said, he never asked me if I'm happy. And the husband said, I assume you were. And the wife said, he never says he loves me. And he said, I thought you knew I loved you. And he never says I'm beautiful. And he replied, I look at you every day and admire your beauty. We rarely talk, she said. I know, you like to read a lot. And she said, I read a lot because we don't talk. And we never go out, said the wife. I thought you liked to stay in. I only stay in because I'm waiting to go out. The counselor was taking notes. And she said, he's also very mean to me. The counselor said, in what way? Well, at breakfast, three times a week, for 55 years, he always serves me the crust on the loaf of bread. I hate the crust off the loaf of bread. And the husband, distraught, said, I give you the crust, my dear, because that's my favorite part of the loaf. Communication. It's so vital to successful living. We are in the second Sunday of the Epiphany. So, what does Epiphany mean? It means an immediate, meaningful understanding of something, something surprising, something sudden, something profound. <clears throat> Maybe even we might call it communication. So that <coughs> So epiphany means something happening and something being communicated. In the church, epiphany means, God becoming human. God entered our world not satisfied with just being with us, but desiring to be one of us. When that happens, our humanity changed. Suddenly, suddenly, we are no longer just human. Suddenly, we are also filled with God. And that change changes how we see ourselves. So God is now with us. It's the epiphany. God's communicating to us, and now Jesus communicates to us too. And the thing that we learn is that our Christian faith is passed from person to person. It started with Jesus and it's been given to other people for 2,000 plus years. What is it about Jesus that caused people to follow him? We really don't know, but there is something about Jesus that draws all people to him. So in the text, had Philip and Nathanael known Jesus before? Had Philip heard about him from Andrew and Peter since they lived in the same town? The text doesn't say. It only says that Philip followed Jesus. Jesus and then went to Nathanael and said, we have found the one promised in the Old Testament. Who were the we? Philip and other people following Jesus? We don't know. When Nathanael expressed skepticism about anything good coming out of Nazareth, Philip simply says, come and see for yourself. And when Jesus tells Nathanael that he saw him already under the fig tree and we don't know what was going on there, Nathanael's impressed and says, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. What was there about this Jesus that affected people? Sermon on the Mount, at the end, says, he taught them as one having authority. All four Gospels say that. There was something about his authority that draws us to Jesus. So we read the Gospels. And we realize Jesus has an effect on lots of different people in lots of different ways. There's the Canaanite woman. There's the blind man at Bethesda. There's the Roman centurion who wants his daughter healed and says, just command it and it will happen. There's the woman at the Pharisees' home. There's Zacchaeus up in a tree wanting to find out about Jesus. There's that woman at the well in Samaria. And she says, he has told me everything. There's the sick man at Bethesda's pool. There's the thief crucified next to Jesus. There's a centurion at the foot of the cross who says, truly, this is God's son. There's the Ethiopian eunuch baptized in the desert. there's Peter went to the household of the Roman centurion Cornelius and the whole family believed and the Holy Spirit fell on them. When Jesus meets people, they are changed. Whatever their deepest need was, Jesus meets it. And then they tell what Jesus is. One person to the next, saying, I follow Jesus and invite you to do so later. The church grows. There are children, and they're baptized, and they grow in faith, like in the Old Testament lesson. They learn about the Word of God. And they say, this Jesus is the Son of God. Person to person. We don't have to prove Jesus to other people. We don't have to prove our Christian faith. We don't even have to argue or persuade others to become Christians. All we do, all we do, is say, come and see. Philip could have given Nathaniel his own opinion. He said, this Jesus knows the Bible with authority. Or he might have said, there's something about this jesus that draws me to him and even if when nathaniel says can anything good come out of nazareth philip could have named all the famous people out of nazareth but that's not what he said he said come and see You don't need me to advertise Jesus. Just come and see. And Nathaniel came and saw. And now that's our task, to tell people, come and see. Come and see what Jesus has done for me. we have maybe a problem when we fail to be a witness, when we fail to invite people to come and see, then we're keeping the word of God to ourselves. We may have a problem when we Fail to provide the proper stuff for people to see when they come. Are we full of love? Are we full of joy? Does our worship service have life and energy but not centered on Jesus? When people come and see, they want to see Jesus. When I was interviewing for Call, a new call, I interviewed at a church, and the church had gone through many difficult times. And I asked them, how did you get through this? And the call committee said, we have only one rule in the church. And that rule is, does it point to Jesus? If they're having an argument and they're looking for the truth, does the truth point to Jesus? When they were reaching out to the poor and they were helping, does this point to Jesus? Come and see means that we have to be pointing to Jesus all the time. People come to church, I think the number is 90%, maybe 95% of people coming to church come because you invited them. Something like 5% come to see the pastor. So the, so the words then, come and see, has power. If I were to ask you to stand up and share the most terrifying thing that happened last week, would you be able to do it? Probably Maybe not. Maybe it might be a little scary. If I were to ask you to stand up and share, what's your favorite toothpaste? Could you do that? Yeah. If I say to you, share with your neighbor, come and see, it's scary. But it's not impossible. If you can talk about toothpaste, you surely can talk about Jesus. Courage, the faith of the congregation. The future of the church depends upon that. Pastor says, come and see. Come and see baptisms take place. Come and see Holy Communion take place. Sorry, wrong church. (laughs) Come and see Holy People. You, Holy People. Come and see us. It's that same spirit that Jesus gives to us in the Holy Spirit of baptism. It's that spirit who inspired Philip and Andrew to share, come and see. It's that spirit that defeated the skepticism of Nathaniel where he can say, you are Christ, the living God coming and seeing. That's our job. That's our joy. That's our love that we share with each other. Amen. 574, Here I am, Lord.